Hello, listeners. Welcome to Freelance Friday with Vay Casey, a podcast all about freelancing through the opinions and experience of a current full-time freelancer. And uh, today's episode is one from a series of interviews with members from Weld. Weld is a collaborative workspace. Uh, They have a location in Nashville, and there used to be a location in Dallas, where I was a member at for four years, and uh, really helped me get my freelance um, business going and kind of get into that world. Um, during my time there, I learned a lot, and I made a lot of great relationships with some incredible creatives in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. And so uh, I decided to reach out to a few of them um, to see if they would be interested in doing interviews, and grace, graciously uh, and gratefully they accepted And so uh, these few episodes are going to be those interviews with them. And so uh, today's interview is with Eric Bowman. When we first met, I could tell from the look in his eyes and his handshake that he had a kind and loving spirit. During the time we shared workspace together, I got to see that kindness and love translated into the work he did and in the way that he dealt with his relationships and with clients. And uh, I'm so honored that he accepted my invitation to come on the show today, and I'm excited for you to hear from him. Well, Eric... Thanks for coming on the show. Welcome to Freelance Friday. Mm, thanks for having me. Got another former Weld member here. And uh, I've known Eric for, I guess it's been probably what, about three years, mm. something like that. Uh, Eric and I used to uh, both be desk members at Weld, and so we'd kind of sit in our little, uh, I guess you'd call them like a semi-cubicles. Yeah. Semi-cubicles being like a half a cubicle, not like an 18-wheeler cubicle. Not that kind of semi and um, Eric does a lot of design stuff and recently more getting in more of a kind of creative direction, creative consulting, and um, I'll let you tell him a little bit more in detail about that. Kind of an intro. Yeah, a little okay. intro about yourself, All what right, you do, well, how you got there, <laughs> et cetera. Yeah. Um, so I am a freelance designer um, and creative director. I operate under the name Velcro Kid. Uh, it's kind of as my, I guess. Is that because your designs stick? Yeah. Is that is that where that came from, or I what's know. the? You know what? People always think that it's like Velcro is more of a sticky thing, and it's actually more of like grabbing. an interlocking. Yeah, yeah that's true. So yeah. like connection, okay, type of thing. But yeah, I guess. Okay. Anyway, Velcro kid, continue. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> You're fine. Um, so yeah, man. So I do. Uh, I work with a lot of like uh, nonprofits and small businesses and uh, individuals, like artists and musicians, uh, kind of helping them think a uh, bigger picture of like communication. So you know, uh, why do you do what you do, and then how do we visually communicate that across all uh, mediums that you're involved with? So whether it's like online, it's print, or the social media world. Uh, making sure that the voice is consistent across with all your visuals and branding. So now, my understanding is that somewhere like you've done, have you always done it as such a wide like scale? Does that make sense? Like where you're, because I feel like we were talking before this a little yeah. bit about what you're doing, and you're saying how recently you're kind of jumping more into the like bigger picture of projects and more kind of longer term, um, looking ahead versus kind of reactive and like, hey, I need this thing. Yeah. What's, uh, I mean, what's your background as far as freelancing? When did you start out? Where did you start out? What's that kind of like path been through? Yeah, through, uh, through for design and stuff. Mm. Well, I got kind of 
uh, diving into design and stuff more out of necessity. I mean, I've always enjoyed art and creative things and stuff, but uh, before kind of it becoming a career, uh, I was in a lot of bands and stuff back in the day. So, I mean, it's like a lifetime ago, but uh, just doing a lot of our own uh, design work, T-shirts, flyers, uh, websites from time to time. Uh, things of that nature. That's kind of how I got into it. And then uh, somewhere along the line, uh, I got an offer to uh, work for a nonprofit um, and, man, served as their designer and art director for about six and a half, seven years. Um, kind of like solidifying more of like, okay, let's get serious about this. Like I'm going to like dive in and actually like learn my craft well and and uh, see how to get better. So like they uh, during that season, kind of learned more about like, you know, not just, you know, making things look good, but uh, really communicating a message and thinking more like big communications, right? So all the platforms, all of it, how does it all work together? And how do we tell a clear message across all that? So that's when it kind of like started, I guess, growing, like how I thought and processed. So it wasn't just um, uh, not also necessarily like, okay, hey, here's this poster that we need. And can you give me this? You know, it's more like, here's the message we got to communicate. Um, what channels do we have and how do we make sure it stays consistent? Right. So. So with that stuff, when people or brands, companies, nonprofits, organizations, whatever are coming to you with this stuff, is it more, do you find that they tend to kind of know what they're trying to do and they need somebody to help like execute and get them there? Or are you finding yourself being in more of a position where, you're having to kind of like dig and help pull that stuff out of them and help them find yeah. it. Um, man, that just, it just depends on the client. Okay. Right. Um, I tend to, to try my best to, uh, bring in folks that kind of know who they are at least. Right. So that it's like, once you kind of know who you are and the message you're trying to communicate, that's where I tend to fit the best to like connecting with those people. Cause once they know who they are, uh, then for me, it's like, okay, how do we visualize this? How do we uh, communicate this in the best way possible through design and um, and marketing materials and stuff? Because um, you're doing more of the, for lack of a better term, in my head at the moment, fulfillment versus like you're 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 taking them on that back half of like we know who we are now. Let's communicate this versus like the brand identity of like who are we mm-hmm. like that whole like portion of thing like what rocky would do something like that like you're True, not yeah. doing that portion of things yeah right no. okay okay yeah yeah which i mean having worked myself with a, a range of clients on kind of both ends of the spectrum it definitely makes a big difference um it's a huge difference i mean not only <laughs> just as far as like the the experience working with them and and helping them through that process but i mean honestly i feel like a lot of times the the ones that know who and what they are tend to understand the cost and the value of things a little bit more and have the budgets for them and be willing to pay well for good quality work. Yeah. You, I mean, you find that. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Um, it's, it's very, I mean, it's difficult for anybody. So like I, I have taken on projects where I've helped people kind of like walk through the process. I mean, that's usually the beginning of my process anyways, making sure I kind of know, where the client is at. So I take them through a bunch of uh, what I call why questions. It's like making sure they know, like, who are you guys? What are you trying to communicate? Like, um, what keeps you up at night? You know, those type of questions so that it helps me, like, when I'm sitting down to design anything, like, really get to the heart of uh, what they're trying to say. So do you have, like, a standard, like, list of, like, questions or anything, like, or a form or a process or anything that's, like... Yeah. 
what's that look like yeah. for you? Well, I mean, it always starts with, with the questions. So, uh, I mean, any good designer, you know, has a list of like, uh, questions that they kind of use to dig right a little bit deeper so that they're not just like, make this look pretty. Right. 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 And so, um, I kind of have this list of questions that helps me get to the bottom of somebody's why, like why they do what they do and what they love about it, right? And so usually in that, uh, when they're answering these questions, we can find out like what makes them unique, what makes them significant, you know, in the midst of like all the brands that are out there and all the different people that are trying to tell stories, right? Um, Trying to find what sets them apart. And then uh, use that when we move into the next phase, which would be like planning what they need to do and then designing it. So how long have you kind of a little bit of a different direction with this, but where with with your freelance journey, like first off, like how long have you been freelancing for? Uh, Let's see, a little over four years. Okay. So freelance. I I mean, I did a little bit of stuff on the side when I was working uh, full time. But yeah, full time freelance. Full time freelance yeah, for four it's been years. Been a little over four, four years. years. So yeah. what? I mean, did you go to school for for stuff for design and everything, or were you uh, just kind of self taught, or what's? Because yeah. especially part of the reason I ask is because a lot of this stuff is kind of geared towards like people that are younger in their yeah. like earlier on in a freelance career or creative kind of outlets. Um, to help them see where people that have been in it for a while that are doing it full-time, making a living, kind of like where they've come from and what sure. their journey looks like. Yeah. So what's kind of, what's what's yours been? Uh, majority of it's been self-taught. So I tried to go to school for it for maybe a couple months. I did like a certificate program um, where it was like quick, kind of in and out, and uh, ended getting, like I actually started school, and then within two months of being in, in school, uh, got hired at that nonprofit. And so it was like I was getting real world experience like while I was actually going to school. And so, uh, yeah, once I got the certificate, I decided not to continue going. And it kind of became more of like just learning, learning and going at the same time. Do you, in hindsight, do you feel like it was worth going to the school for that and doing that? Like if, if you could go back and do it again, would you? Mm. And, or, or have if you- I, yeah. If I could go back and do it again, uh, I would have done it a lot sooner. So, like, I didn't, I don't, let's see, man. Because I didn't go, like, I didn't go to college, like, right out of high school or anything. It was, it was a good, like, I don't know, six or seven years. Is that because you're doing band, like, music stuff? And, like, I'm assuming you're doing something like touring around, maybe, Mm -hmm. kind of stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Which is even the reason, I mean, for the school, like, I did, my classes were actually online. Uh, because it was still traveling around enough that it was preventing me from like diving into school full time, right? And so um, I think that probably also added to the like uh, I don't know, because I've always been kind of like a, a um, self-taught kind of person. So like even with music and stuff, like I didn't have an instructor. I kind of just picked up, started listening to things by ear, and learning how to play. Kind of figured out as you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, that kind of translated itself when I started learning more on like the design side of stuff and things like that. So if, if, if you weren't, if school wasn't really, um, I guess like a huge part in that, what, what have you found that was really helpful for you, um, to learn not only like the creative side of things, but the like business side of things, um, like what kind of resources or, yeah, I don't know what's, um, connections with people. 
So I think, uh, again, so I'm a very hands-on learner. So having uh, my boss, I mean, that, that originally hired me, uh, he, uh, amazing uh, creative director. Um, I believe he worked for, like, Gadzooks, like, back in the day. Okay. I don't know if you remember them. Yeah. Um, it's been a while. I haven't yeah. been a long time. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> man, he, I mean, he just taught me so much. And so I think just kind of like, uh, you know, being an apprentice under him, learning as much as I could about, about the trade and stuff was huge for me. And so, um, yeah, I, I love people. I love, uh, connecting with others. And so it's like, yeah, when you can find, uh, keeping your eyes open so that you can connect with the right people, whatever career you're pursuing, that's always been huge for me. So, um, finding those people I can sit with, sit with and like ask questions or like work on projects together. Um, that's probably been like the biggest. Yeah. Biggest Interesting. Thing. It's like, as you're talking about that, it kind of reminds me of, uh, years ago, man, like probably six or seven years ago, I worked for a, an agency in town, a creative agency as a, as a uh, design intern, paid intern for like probably two months. And, um, I mean, I was really inexperienced at that time. I'm not really so much of a designer. I do more, I do obviously, you know, video photo stuff, but I like to dabble in design. And uh, looking back and thinking about it right now, it's, I'm like, I really took a lot away, even from just that two months of being mm-hmm. there and having designs given to me that like somebody else had already kind of worked on a little bit, but it would be like, hey, we have this and it's, in a square format, but we need it in 16 by nine. So we need it to basically look the same, but kind of like rearrange the elements to where it fits the space a little bit better. And yeah. so to be able to kind of like do that stuff and toy around with those elements and then kind of pass it back over to my manager and him say, well, you know, move this here or do this because we want to balance things out this way um, really helped me a lot. Uh, I mean, even like years and years down the road now to where I, a lot of the way that I look at things and design stuff comes from the stuff that he taught me uh but i think a lot of it's even kind of like like i don't consciously do that it just kind of has become the way i do things yeah um yeah i think it's huge to surround yourself with other creative mm -hmm. people that are just making stuff all the time because you can just learn so much from them that's i mean i think that's why weld was so beneficial because you're surrounding yourself with so many people that are like coming in day after day just getting after it right yeah and so it's like people you can turn to and be like hey you're you're in this too what have you learned you know it's like i'm struggling with this like oh well i've actually you know handled that before let me tell you what i learned yeah what so okay so you were doing the band stuff and you're traveling around and then you started working for the organization where you said you were doing some stuff for them for six or seven years so mm-hmm. were you working for them full-time yes Okay, so that would be so you wouldn't consider that a freelance gig then. No. Okay. Yeah. So what did that look like, as far as like what were you doing there, and then what was your? I mean, why'd you why'd you go freelance versus staying with a company or something like that and working somewhere full time that's more consistent? Yeah. Man, um, so like when I first started at the uh, nonprofit, it was uh, very small, kind of like it was me and my boss. That was it, right? And so we were the communications team. <laughs> We kind of did everything. And so um, uh, I think, one, in that atmosphere, you're learning to wear a lot of hats, right? So you're learning to do so many different things for so many different scenarios. Um, I'm trying to think. Let's see. Going back to your question. Make sure I'm focusing on your question here. 
Um, I think like as, as that nonprofit continued to grow, um, anytime you have like an entity that, that, that grows, you have to start giving yourself a little bit more structure and a little bit more, um, uh, I guess, uh, I'm trying to think parameters. I don't know. Process. Yeah. It's moving more. It, as it, as anything tends to grow and you start having more structure, um, uh, like we had to naturally move, uh, to more of like an agency model, I Mm -hmm. guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. So um, growing from like what would be, I guess, considered more of a studio with like one or two people uh, to more of an agency where you have like everything officially, you have your copy team, you've got your uh, creative director, art director, uh, project manager, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like there's somebody for everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, The more and more we moved to that, the more and more I found myself uh, getting further and further away uh, from uh, the one-on-one connection with, uh, I mean, we would just the clients, right. You know what I'm saying? And so for me, um, excuse me, that opportunity to sit down with somebody, hear their pain points and like the things that they're struggling with, the problems that they're trying to solve, what they're trying to communicate, um, where, I mean, their, our creative director was great. Like he could communicate a lot of that stuff. Um, but for me, there was something different about sitting down with that person to help them like figure that out. And that was really missing for me. And so one of the big deciding factors when I did decide to go freelance was that. Like it was like there won't be opportunities for me uh, in my current role as an art director to be sitting one-on-one all the time with a client. And so um, it was easy for me to kind of like step out of that and say like, okay, for me stepping out, this is my opportunity to get more on the ground level with clients and uh, dive back in. Okay. So, so then once you kind of identified that and decided to move in that direction, how did you start to swing that pendulum from that, you know, over into that lane of freelance to be able to sustain hmm. a family or, yeah. you know, livelihood and all that? Because yeah. it's tough, especially if you come from that structure of, of working and having a consistent paycheck coming in. Um, it's a bit of a different ballgame. Yeah. Um, let's see. I mean, one, I was already kind of doing some freelance on the side just from time to time. Um, and so that was something that already kind of helped me a little bit. I guess keep dip my foot into that realm or that world. Um, and then when the decision kind of came for me to like, man, I think this is what I, like, I kind of reached a point where also like, uh, I think, Creatively, like I was hitting a little bit of a ceiling. Like I kept, I probably could have stayed at that nonprofit for the rest of my life and probably would have been okay. Right. Um, But for some reason, I kept hitting a ceiling of like uh, where I could possibly uh, serve people, I guess, um, or uh, even thinking, I guess, outside of the box. Like I just, I don't know. There was just somewhere I could go and I just kept hitting a ceiling, basically. Okay. Felt like a restrictive or somehow. Yeah. And so, even when I even when I was in conversations with like uh, my bosses about it, like they all kind of felt the same. Like they were like, "Man, you're you're doing a great job. Like work is great, but it's like you do you still you seem a little stuck." And so like they started encouraging like even that. Like it would almost be like I don't know. So you There's, had the, you had the support of your boss to do this. I did. That's so an awesome. That push. yeah, That's great. it was huge. Um, they totally understand. Like uh, I I think that. I think that agencies, 
and structure and stuff work well for a lot of people. But then I still think that there's a lot of other folks that um, don't flourish well, right, in those scenarios. And so, um, and again, it's not that one or the other is bad. Right. It's just different people flourish in different ways. Now, this is, am I saying off before you homeschooled at all? No. Okay. Because part of the reason I ask is I've kind of wondered, like, I was homeschooled a lot growing up until I was, like, 7th or 8th grade. And so I had the freedom of, like, okay, I know I have this schoolwork that needs to be done, but I can spend, like, three or four hours in the morning, bust my ass and get it done, or I can do it in the afternoon. Yeah. And then the other time I get to go, like, play and do my own stuff. And so sometimes I've wondered how much of that, like, me freelancing and wanting to be freelance now is, like, a cor- has, like, any correlation to yeah. that kind of... Yeah, I don't know, man. Not ha- versus, like, maybe somebody that's been in school more and had that structure enjoying more of a, like, structured kind of a work environment. Yeah. But if you... I mean, it's, you know, now that you say that, I mean, my growing up, I mean, my first band, I was like 13 years old, you know what I'm saying? And I did it till I was like 24. And so that probably had a huge impact on me of like, I still had, you know, odd jobs here and there, but that freedom to be able to like, this isn't like a nine to five yeah. <laughs> type of thing that may have well played into a lot of it. But, uh, yeah, it was. I mean, it was a crazy deal, man. the uh, The bosses were like, "We we think that like you might be able to thrive more like if you're kind of doing this on your own, you know." And so um, they were. I mean, so gracious to me. They uh, they were like, I actually said like, "Let you know, I'll stay on a few more months and and make the transition, you know, within like this four or five month period." And uh, my one of my bosses was like. He was like, why don't we do this? Why don't we become one of your clients? And then you can make that jump now instead of like continuing to postpone it. Right. Cause honestly, I was scared. That's you know, really rad. I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. You know, <laughs> I don't know if I want to commit to this. Cause I, you know, I have a family, I had a kid. And, and so, um, yeah, that was super helpful. And that's not going to be everybody's story. Yeah. Some people are just going to have to make that leap. Um, uh, but even with that, it was still it was still terrifying to make that leap. You know, it's like, will this be consistent? Like, how do I do this? Like, I I don't know how to run my own business. And to answer the question, will this be consistent? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> it will not. Yeah. If you ever think it will be, my experience and everybody I've talked to is that it will not be. Agreed. It will be. Yeah. There's definitely things to put in place for <laughs> consistency, but it, it's still, yeah, it, they're still always in the back of my mind like, well, I've got these, you know, contracts right now, but that doesn't mean at the end of six months I'm going to have more contracts. What if nobody ever hires me yeah. again, ever? <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. So. Well, that's cool, man. So then once you did that, what, uh, how did you start, what did, well, how did you go about getting clients? And, and um, jobs and, and yeah, it uh, I mean, most of that came like word of mouth. So, again, so kind of a mixture of uh, um, from my band days, people that that knew me and kind of as, as an artist and designer and knowing the music world, uh, started getting hired for some gigs like that. Um, and then working with the nonprofit that I did, uh, the connections from there just kind of like people knew, knew me already, and uh. Uh, I was always already seen as like a trusted source to kind of go to. So like when I'd kind of announced it, like, "Hey, I'm going out on my own," like uh, word of mouth just kind of picked up, um, and yeah, kind of snowballed from there. And yeah, it's I mean, crazy. has that been enough to keep to sustain you since then, or have it, you had to do has. any kind of like marketing or like outreaching or like? No, I've tried. So 
I've tried to get better at like communicating my why and like who I am. Um, and it hasn't necessarily been as like, I need to do this better because I just want to market better and get more clients as much as I want to do this well, communicate who I am and the types of projects and people I want to work with so that it's almost setting my clients up to, to know what they're getting into, what they're getting from me. Um, and so, um, again, I think, I think there was, you know, probably a season in the second year where it was kind of a little bit of a lull, but I mean, yeah, even when times seemed tough, like there was still that word of mouth, like I'd get worried and then all of a sudden I'd get a phone call and be like, great. All right. Well, we're going to have, like, <laughs> we got some funds coming in. It'll yeah. be all right. <laughs> I feel like a lot of the times that that stuff for me, whenever it's in a lull to the jobs that come in are always like, Hey, we need this right now. And it's like, great. Cause I've got time right now. <laughs> Can you pay me today? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, it, it somehow, somehow it's always worked out so far. Um, so then, I mean, as far as like, obviously we're great at the creative side of stuff. Like that's what we do. Sure. But how do you handle the other side of things that we maybe not, are not quite so good with? Like, it's like business. Yeah. Know. Like accounting or taxes or contracts or yeah. like invoicing, any of that stuff. Um, I mean, like we mentioned before, so like just kind of reaching out to people that know a little bit more than you. Right. Um, uh, I was blessed with a wife who is both administrative <laughs> and uh, gifted when it comes to finances. So uh, she has been a huge help in that area. So keeping me uh, out of jail and keeping me, you know, taking Good. care of things properly. Don't go to jail. Yes. So paying taxes quarterly versus like waiting till the end of the year. And I'm like, yeah. uh, so much money, you know, like <laughs> stuff like that. So. Um, things like that, man. And then, you know, I mean, for bigger things, especially like, uh, you know, like I mentioned before, I don't know if I mentioned it on here, but when we were talking before, uh, that I like, I'm a co-owner of a, a studio now. And so it's like, okay, this is a little bit bigger business even than myself. You know, it's like trying to hire somebody to actually, you know, do taxes on that side of the world. And yeah, man, I don't know. People, there's just, there's plenty of people out there that know way more than I do. And so just trying to reach out to them. And so, so do you opt for, because there's a certain few ways you could go about it. So you could hire somebody to do that stuff for you. Or you could, like, go dig around online and ask people to, like, figure out how to do it yourself. Sure. And then there's, like, probably some other options that are kind of like a mix of those things. Yeah. What What's your What's your method? What do you do? Do you hire people? Do you, like, hire out a lot of that stuff? Or do you do it yourself? Uh, it's kind of a mix. Okay. I mean, again, it's kind of like what... Um, so, I mean, in terms of doing it ourselves, so like a lot of the stuff on, on uh, the Velcro kids side, like my wife and I kind of like tag team it together to make sure finances are taken care of, taxes are taken care of. Um, but on the business side of like the studio, the Mill Street house, um, it's, yeah, we, we hire out like somebody that's really good with taxes and, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. So mm -hmm. it just depends, man. I think it, 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 it's all where you're at, right? So, I mean, if you're just getting your feet wet and you don't know a whole lot, like, yes, dig around online to make sure you're not getting yourself in trouble. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, at some point um, when business starts picking up and you need to, like, make sure that you're doing this legitimately, like, I think it's good to, like, start hiring somebody. Mm. I think even – I feel like even if you hire – even if you're going to hire people to do this stuff for you and even if it's, like, from the get-go, 
I think it's still wise to kind of look around and try mm-hmm. to learn the stuff yourself, at least to on some level so that you can make sure the person you're paying to do this is doing what they're supposed to be doing the right way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I mean, ask those questions too to them, you know, and, and, and just so you have an understanding kind of, of the way that they're going about things. I, yeah. I mean, for, for the longest time with me, um, there's been a lot of stuff that I just don't hire out. Like I don't really hire anything out. I'm starting to, but that's only been because I feel like I'm at a point where I really have a gra- a pretty solid grasp on everything that I need to be doing Yeah. to where I know how to communicate it well to somebody else and to confidently be able to say if they can't get it done, like, okay, cool, I can do this myself. Uh, but, I mean, some of that could just be because I have a hard time trusting people sometimes and it's hard for me to let go. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. So many things I could say right now. And it's more like, oh, well, it's like, oh, that's more money that's going out. Like, sure. I have to, that's me, it makes my overhead go up, which means I'm bringing less money in. Yeah. But I'm getting to a point where I'm like, but if it frees up more time for me to be able to do the things that I do better mm-hmm. and potentially means more projects, then maybe I end up being better off overall and bringing in even more work. I don't know. Yeah. No, I agree with that, particularly when you get into hiring people. But, I mean, to your point earlier, I, I think that there's a lot of wisdom in making sure that you're you're not just, like, blindly saying, like, oh, I don't I don't need to understand this. I can just hire somebody else to do this. I think that there is a lot of wisdom in, in making sure that you're doing the due diligence to kind of see what's up and kind of, like, read into things. I mean, I think that's, like, that would be like trying to uh, – listen to a preacher and trust a preacher without ever reading the Bible. That's yeah. just not wise. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. we've been given a gift to read read the thing. Read the Bible. Learn for yourself. You know what I'm saying? Don't just trust what somebody's telling you. Make sure it's actually in <laughs> the Scripture. You know what I'm sure saying? Make sure it's there so, and that that person knows what they're talking about, yeah. too, yeah. because they don't always. Yes. So, um, but yeah, so there's wisdom, man. And when you're getting in, I know, like, I've heard a couple of the podcasts on, like, hiring people. Like, yeah, it's like there's a lot of things you probably could be doing, um, but is that really the best use of your time? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of things that you can do that you don't necessarily should be doing yeah. because it does free you up. So if I want to be if, – if I know that I want to be spending more time with the client uh, brainstorming ideas and uh, developing visual concepts – then I need to make sure that like things like emails and you know saying some of the financial things like that, like maybe somebody else is taking care of that so that I'm not always caught up on that. Yeah. I actually so I'm in a place right now where I'm kind of trying I'm trying to push myself to hire somebody to help with marketing and with trying to kind of like help me develop new leads and or just help build relationships with key people that I feel like would be good potential clients like creative directors of agencies mm-hmm. or you know whatever like different different business owners marketing directors whatever yeah um and for a long time I've had a hard time letting go and moving like getting myself to hire those people because I feel like well they just don't really understand my business that well and if they don't really like see the detail and stuff the way I do then it's hard for them to really understand but I'm I'm kind of almost getting to a point where I feel like, to some extent, that that's almost a good thing. Um, and and having an outside person that isn't so invested in it, because 
like for a prime example, if I was going to try to reach out to somebody to try to set up, like maybe I want to have coffee with somebody or I want to, I want to send work samples over to somebody, um, of a recent project, um, in hopes of them hiring me at some point, I might sit there for like 30 or 45 minutes starting to type out an email and then deleting it and be like, I don't want to say that. Or, oh, that comes off sounding too needy Mm. or this or that. Whereas if I can tell somebody else like, hey, go on LinkedIn and I need you to send these samples to the top 20 architectural firms in Dallas. Like (laughs) all of a sudden, like me like overthinking what I'm saying is done. And for them, it's like more of a task of... Of, of doing, you know, just kind of getting it done. And which is kind of like, and part of that I've noticed, I feel like uh, some of that realization I think has come from me working on, whenever I've been working on music stuff a little bit, where if I am recording and engineering my own music, I'll, I'll sit and tweak mixes forever and like try to get stuff just right, but it, and you know, play it just right. But if it's somebody else that I'm recording, then it's I, it's it's a it's a weird like shift in headspace to where I hear it more objectively, mm. and I'm able to go like, no, what you played sounds great. That note, the way you sang that, you might not think it's great on pitch, but I think it sounds really nice and really natural. Yeah. And so I feel like, in a lot of ways, um, having that like outside kind of step back yeah, helps. That's, that's always always good to have. So whenever you hire people out, what are the things that like? that you look for what are, what do you I mean and that's a broad question yeah, so you can you can take question. that and you know however that rings in your ear yeah whatever that makes you think of what's well I mean I don't know most of the people that I hire out have always started with some type of relationships like I said we it's it's always important to um, kind of surround yourself with other artists and creatives um, and so it's like as I've been connecting with people meeting people along the way of this journey um finding out what their passions are, what they love to do. And so it's like uh, when I when I come to a new project and the client's like, I need this, this, and this, and, and I'm like, well, we can do that. You're right. You're going to need this, but you're also going to need this person. And then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, who do I know in my circle that, that could accomplish this, that can make this happen? And so – or is passionate about this. And then that's the first person I'll reach out to and call, see if they're available. Yeah to work on it. And so obviously you want to trust that person's skill set, not just their excitement about it. But at the end of the day, it's like those two things kind of. So, so say that you've got two people that are like options for a project and person A is like really great at what they do, but you like don't really know them super well. And you're kind of like, eh, but then there's somebody else that you like know really well, but they're just not, they're like skill level is just not quite there in comparison to the first person. Yeah. Which direction do you feel like you would go with and like kind of like what's the order of operations or the priority as far as that kind of stuff? Oh, as far as that? Um, it's a balance, right? Like, sure, man. There's yeah, always that's trade-offs. always hard. That's always a hard thing. I don't know if I've ever been in that scenario. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, maybe it's hard for you to answer. Maybe, you know, maybe it's kind of, it may be just be situational or it kind of depends. Yeah, I, I think it is. It's situational. It kind of depends. Like most of the time it's like, yeah, I mean, I'd obviously, um, so somebody, I mean, there's, there's always the discussion of like somebody can be super talented, but they're not that awesome to work with. I would definitely in that moment 
work with the person that's maybe not as skilled, but still a complete joy to work with. I would rather work with them because I feel like the collaboration and the end result will be better Mm -hmm. uh, than constantly being battling with somebody over little things that don't matter. And do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that makes sense. Especially because I feel like if like being the position you're in, like obviously you've seen a lot of good work, you kind of, you know, you know what works and what doesn't. Yeah. And so, um, provided that you're, that you're a good leader, you're good in that position, then you, if you have somebody that you can communicate well with, then even if they can't do that work up to par on their own, you might have enough experience and be able to communicate with them well enough Mm -hmm. to be able to help get them to that point to where not only are you still getting that good, like quality of work that you're looking for, Mm -hmm. but it ends up helping that person kind of like grow Mm. to that level to where they start seeing things that way to be able to do that stuff on their own. Yeah. And honestly, the other side of that conversation, and so this particularly with with like majority of the clients that I like to work with, um, they don't have the budget for, you know what I'm saying? Like I got a photographer that I love, but his shoot's going to cost me 10 grand. Yeah. Right. And they do not have that. Like I tell them those numbers, and they're just like blank stare. Like they're I don't like, know what, what to do for with... a photographer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just a camera. You're just pushing a button. Yeah. So like <laughs> in those man, in those scenarios, it's like it kind of. I mean, I have my friends in mind that I know. That's like, I know that man. This person is amazing, but these are the only kind of projects that they do and what they can afford. And then I have other friends that this is where they're at. This is the caliber. This is what they're charging. Right. And so depending on who the client is, like being able to know that it's like this client cannot afford this person, but they can afford this person who does just as good at work and we can get the, I know we can get what we need, right, out of this particular situation. So, yeah. So, dude, it's like everything from like can they actually afford, you know, can they afford who we need or like, you know, are they cool to work with? There's so many things to think through. Yeah. So speaking of affordability and and pricing and all that. How do you uh, how do you go about pricing out yeah. services and, and what projects cost? Well, I mean, uh, early on, figuring out what I needed to make make monthly. <laughs> Starting there, it's like, hey, I've got you know, I have a wife and a kid, and I've got to make sure that like I'm paying the bills, you know. And so I started with knowing like, okay, I have to at least make this much, and then. Uh, from there, kind of figuring out, okay, if I've got to make this much, then that means this is uh, how many projects I need to take on. Or even better, as time kind of went on, it's like, um, okay, I could either do, <laughs> I could either do forty projects for <laughs> this amount, <laughs> or I could do two projects for this amount. Right? Do you know what I'm saying? Yep. And so, um, I think that just takes time to kind of figure that out for people. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, again, like everybody, there's some people that, that, that could make like, you know, a quarter of what I'm making every month and be fine. It just depends on where they're at in their life and what they're doing. And so um, it's like always start like, you know, either what you have to make um, to, to get by or what you would like to try and get to and then kind of go from there. Yeah. I uh, was talking with Adelisa on um, – and, and we were talking a little bit about comparison and, like, mm-hmm. comparison being a thief of joy and all this different stuff. And kind of um, along the lines of that, you're talking about having, like, a lot of projects and not charging quite as much or, like, a couple of projects that you make a lot off of. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
it's I, I used to be really envious of people that could take like a couple of projects a month and like that's all they needed. And it's like I want to be able to get to that point. And and, you know, I worked I worked hard for a couple of years to be able to kind of get myself to a point where I could do that. Mm-hmm. And what I found is that it's really it is really nice to be able to do that where you only need a handful of projects to get by versus like a bunch. But at the same time, the kind of like the flip side of it that you don't really think about, or at least I didn't, was, well, yeah, but then that means that if I don't get that one job, then, like, there's a much bigger gap uh, sure. versus, like, oh, I just it's just one project. Like, um, and so, I mean, I think it's worth, I'll just say it's worth thinking about and kind of just kind of remembering, like, where you're at and not comparing yourself too much to uh, other people and where they're at oh, and, yeah. like, how much they're charging on projects or how many projects they need to get by or all these different things and really kind of assessing where you're at individually because it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. There's all these different variables. And I think we try to kind of generalize things and, you know, we talk to people and we have podcasts where we interview people on how they got to where they're at. And and a part of that is in kind of in hopes of like, oh, well, what can I do to, to help like get there and move along? Yeah. But man, it's just like, it's really different for every person Absolutely. and everybody has their own, their own journey. And, and, um, I mean, while we can obviously like relate on a lot of things, the experiences we've had to get that knowledge of understanding has been I, probably very different for us, but it's mm-hmm. all, but it's kind of brought us to the same realization of why you should run business a certain way, have certain processes in place or whatnot. Sure. Uh, speaking of processes, we talked a little bit about it, but is there any, I know you said there was like a questionnaire kind of thing that you send out. Is there any other kind of process stuff that you've been able to get out of your head and out on paper as far as like, this is the way this, this is, this goes. Yeah. Uh, I would love that. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely, there's always like, uh, I get to the end of the project like, man, I need to write this down because sometimes I'll get, yeah, I don't have it written down. So you, I, there's moments where I'll run into where I'm not trusting the process and then I get like all out of whack. And so, um, I know in the last, uh, probably honestly, yeah, transparency in the last 45 days, trying to like start getting more of that down. So it's locked in better versus me just in my head. This is what I know the next step is, um, trying to get it down. Cause I think of that super helpful even for your clients. Right. So they yeah. kind of know what they're getting. They know how to like process what to expect. It, it, it helps build trust. Helps you know how to talk about yourself and what you're doing a yeah, little bit more. Exactly. If things get hung up, you know, like you can give yourself room. I'm like, okay, it's fine that we're here. We still have time because we're going to get to this next and it'll be fine. Yeah. I think I that's think huge. I think it's fascinating too that it's like you're talking about that you're, and you know, in the last, only in the last few months that you're starting to kind of like think about this stuff this way. <laughs> And you've been doing this for seven years, yes. four or five years, you know, full time. It's yeah. like kind of I'm at the same place where I'm like five, right at five years full time. And um, and like I'm just now re- like, I mean, that's stuff I've kind of thought about before, but I've never really sat down in front of a computer and started to put this stuff down on paper. Yeah. Uh, but it's really helpful because it gives you a system to kind of follow after. And, and it's funny because as like – freelance to try to kind of like in a lot of ways for me to kind of try to get away from the structure of things 
and then go like, oh shit, I kind of actually need that structure. <laughs> yes. So now I'm having to like make that structure for myself and try to hold myself to it, which is a lot harder than having somebody else tell me this is the process and this is what I need you to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. The well, uh, two things. One, I think that uh, artists and creative folks, we we need process. Like as much as we would say we don't, <laughs> or we need structure, right? As much as we try to get away from structure, like I think having the right amount of uh, boundaries um, to stay within, I think help us be more creative. Yeah, right? and, I agree. And to do things more, yeah, better. Um, I think to, the other, to our other point of like, yeah, in the last 45 days, these are things that have like I have come across over and over and over in my life, like meeting people and like, dang, that's awesome. I should probably do that. Yeah. Like at some point, I think that's kind of just, that's life, right? I mean, there's so many different things where we're like, I should probably be doing this. I should probably be whatever else. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, more transparency. So like, um, I've actually, so I've been a believer since I was like, man, I don't know, in my, in, in middle school, right? Since middle school. Right. And, um, I'm just now sitting down to, uh, listen and read through the Bible from beginning to end for the first time. And I'm 30, I'm going to be 36. It's ridiculous, right? Hey, man. It's like, everybody's got their own journey. Sure, dude. But it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, still, that's like a huge, like 20 some odd year gap that it's like over and over and over. I should probably read this. I need to read this. Like, I believe this, but have I ever read this completely? Why have I not done that? And so, like, finally sitting down to like do that, it's been awesome. But, well, I think so. Since we're going down this path, we'll go down a little bit. I, I mean, I've been in the same, in a, in a position where, I mean, dude, I was, like, raised in all, all that church and all that stuff, and then, like, homeschooled, went to Christian, Christian private school, went to Bible school, went to Baptist University, dropped out of there in the last few years, like, always worked at churches, doing freelance stuff for churches, and, 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 uh, I mean, honestly, the last few years, not really wanted to have anything to do with it very mm-hmm. much, other than, like, going and getting a paycheck, um, but I'm kind of at a point where, I, I, I am at a point where I'm like ready to dive back into that world. And I'm, what I've found is that a lot of times is that while I was always told and always like quote, like in my head knew that this stuff is to like better me and to help me be a better person. Uh, I never really like believed it or ha- understood deep down mm. until I got far enough away from it and really tried to like cut it out of my life to go, well, what happens if I just like cut this out to see what happens? And it's like without that structure and without that constant like reminding myself of these truths, then things kind of start to get haywire. And, and I mean, I think it's, I think it ties in like very closely to, having process and having structure and kind of getting to a point where it's like realizing like, Oh, people have these for people have processes and have structures and and have boundaries for a reason, especially as like creative types, because you're always dreaming you always got all these different ideas. And so it's easy to let your mind run wild. And so if you don't kind of rein it in, you end up going super shallow and super wide versus like narrow and focused and really like deep. Hmm. That's my experience, at least. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, what else, man? What? What do you? What? Uh, 
something for new freelancers, people starting out. What's uh, I'd say mm. in the last like in the last like few minutes, we can start to wrap it up. What uh, what are some major takeaways if you were gonna talk to somebody for a few minutes? You say like these are the most important things. We'll say like thirty seconds, and you can go over that. But just as a man, um, important things. Like if there was anything you could say, like these are the takeaways. If I were talking yeah. to a younger me, I mean, the these biggest, are the things that I think you should take away from this. Yeah, the biggest thing, uh, like for me, that I've learned is I'm not an island. Like you just can't operate. I mean, I know people sometimes set out and want to be superstars, and like they're like, be the best designer, the best this, 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 and um, that's just not. I don't know. It's it's not as um, I think helpful for our souls to like just rush out and try to be everything and everything for everybody. Um, uh, I think that it's good to have uh, to surround yourself in community to be connected. So I think that that's that's it, right? So uh, being in uh, a community with other creatives that are like in it day after day, trying to learn, trying to grow, uh, encouraging one another, challenging one another. Um, I think you need that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's huge. So that, yeah, you are not an island. You need people. That's probably one of the biggest things I could tell people. Um, the other thing is to your point of like, um, yeah, we're probably like, uh, you know, a new person would look at like us and be like, man, they're like killing it. You know what I'm saying? But it's like your your path was probably very different from my path and it will be different for their path. So it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I don't... <laughs> I don't tend to trust a lot of people that it's like, okay, this is what, this is how much I'm making and this is how you do it. And this is how, do you know what I'm saying? It's like, here, here, here. It's like, no. Yeah, no, I feel that. That may have worked, yeah, for you, but that does not work for everybody. So don't, yeah, learn what you can from those people, but don't like. Because I've tried following some of that stuff and it's like, you listen to those people and you're like, man, that's, this person really seems like they know what they're talking about. (laughs) And while they may be completely right, they're not wrong. Maybe it's just not right for you sure. or not like exactly that way. Um, yeah, there's so many there's so many things coming into play that your story could be completely different. And if you're trying to follow somebody else, you're not spending enough time figuring out what makes you unique. Do you know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, once you know what makes you unique and what makes you stand out, that that's the story that's going to help connect people to, to get you stuff. Like, that doesn't make sense. That makes sense. That I makes think so. Sense. Makes sense to you me. Know so what? So, make so then for you, how did you find out what your thing was? Your like unique. My my unique. So like um, what I just said on that that idea of like connection, that's probably like the biggest driving thing of everything that I do. Like I want to create things that help people feel connected, whether that's. Uh, to themselves, to others, um, or, you know, for me, for even the creator, right? And so um, that idea of connection, I don't care what it is, like whether I'm doing design, whether I'm doing music, whether I'm uh, just simply helping create a space, right? So like our studio, the Mill Street House, um, that's a space I wanted to create so that people could have room to tell their stories, right? And so it's like in that atmosphere, connection happens, community happens, and so it's like it doesn't matter what I'm doing, as long as that aspect of like helping people feel connected, um, then I'm I'm like in 
I'm like, cool, let's man. do it. So uh, when I work with clients, I tell them that it's like um, my job is to visually connect people <laughs> to why you do what you do. So and I'd so, imagine everything you do then as far as your branding, your messaging, all like comes back to that for the mm-hmm. most part and to like tell that story. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, I appreciate it. It was a great it, conversation. And uh, I'll have some links at vacacy.com slash freelance Friday to Eric's work. Check him out on Instagram, right? Velcro Kid. Yeah, Velcro Kid. Yeah, he's got some good stuff. Anyway, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, man. It's fun. Freelance Friday is a Vacacy production. Vacacy is a full service video production company based in Dallas, Texas. Vacacy. Big video production value, freelance agility and scale. 